0: You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your host, Micah, from 5th Quarter, and Dan from ACC Content. Dan, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Um, got a pretty intriguing team in Louisville today, and um, I'm really looking forward to talking about them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Louisville, of course, last year over overachieved from what they were expected to do. You know, obviously having a tough tough year that last year, the Petrino era. But as you can see, you know the talent's still there. It was just a matter of a coach that honestly believed in them. So yeah, definitely excited to talk about Louisville. Let's kind of just hump, hop right right into it. You know, of course, Louisville last season eight and five, five and three in the conference. Ended the year by really helping the ACC out by beating an SEC team, something the ACC didn't do a very good job of during bowl season and really all season in general. So you know, huge kudos there for Louisville. Obviously, they're going to ride that momentum from a big win. Um, against the, the Bulldogs a, in Nashville. So, you know, of course, that offense was quite explosive. The defense struggled a little bit on the uh, when it came to especially giving up explosive plays. But, Dan, what do you think was the biggest, I guess, momentum piece for Louisville going into 2020, basing off of 2019?
1: Um, I got to say the Virginia game, to be honest. I think, um, I mean, that was the best opponent they beat. And, um, you know, they, they struggled a little bit on the defensive side of the ball last year, but that game was really – I think they played well. They kind of contained Bryce Perkins. I think it was supposed to rain, but it actually didn't end up with a downpour until the very end of the game. So I think that was their most complete all-around game. And, um, you know, I was kind of pleasantly surprised that they took that much of a jump. I really like Satterfield, but that they took that much of a jump in year one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always been a fan of Scott Satterfield. I genuinely believe he was the reason that NC State was so so powerful on offense, especially at the quarterback position when he was the OC, I believe, at State. And of course, going over to App State for a year and then quickly moving on to Louisville when we all thought Jeff Brown was going to return back to his old stomping grounds. But overall, that offense was, you know, of course, like you said, quite explosive. That Virginia game was a good one. I was there. It was a little cold, and it did rain. It just didn't pour until the end. But I mean, no excuses, Virginia. Uh, I just got outplayed by a very good Louisville team. So, like you said, they did a great job. But you know, they had they had some games where you're just wondering what the heck are they doing. And that game at Miami, I was also at that game. That did not go too well for the Cards, and of course, the in-state rivalry to end the regular season, getting absolutely walloped by <laughs> a running quarterback in the second half with Lynn Bowden at. Uh, Kentucky but you know going into 2020 you know Louisville's got some weapons especially on offense I think the biggest concern you can correct me if I'm wrong here Dan but I definitely think it's the offensive line they really struggled protecting the quarterback last year um, especially you know when it came down to true pocket passing but who's the biggest offensive piece going into 2020 for Louisville in your opinion Dan?
1: Well I mean, obviously, on any team, the most important um, player is going to be the quarterback, and I'm really a fan of Mikhail Cunningham. He's, you know, like you said, you talked about that deficit, and even though they had Makai Beckton, that deficit and protecting the passer, but Cunningham kind of makes up for that with his ability to avoid sacks and kind of get out of the pocket. Um, so I like Cunningham. There's Hawkins, Javion Hawkins, their running back, 1,500-yard rusher and Tutu Atwell, who is – now he's going to be my top receiver in the ACC, actually, with Ross Hurt. But I think the X factor in this offense is Des Fitzpatrick. Um, we all thought – I honestly thought he might go to the draft, but he um, decided to stay. And um, I think he really rounds out a really good skill position core for the Louisville offense. But um, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, so <laughs> – I'm gonna have a hot take for you, Dan, and, and feel free to come at me. Michael Cunningham is the best quarterback on Louisville, but I don't think it's a large gap between him and Evan Conley. I'm a big fan of Evan Conley. I think what he did last year in his limited time really was impressive. He did have a little bit of an issue of kind of forcing some throws, and of course, he's by no means anywhere near the dual threat um, option as Michael Cunningham is. But I, my favorite thing about Louisville going into 2020 is. Cunningham could go down and I think Louisville is in very good hands. You know, not many teams can say that, you know, if, if Clemson loses Trevor Lawrence, they're in some big trouble. If Virginia Tech loses Hendon Hooker, they've got some quarterbacks on the back end that can kind of help them out. But like Wake Forest, they don't have Jamie Newman anymore. So if Sam Hartman goes down, you know, of course, who's going to be the next person to step up? So I really do like uh, that quarterback room at Louisville. You know, Dewan Pass is by no means a terrible option as well. So, It'll definitely, you know, it'll help Louisville knowing that, you know, if things kind of go awry, Michael Michael Cunningham gets hurt, uh, things can kind of, you know, not take a huge step back with Evan Conley or Jawan Pass, but my favorite player, and I think the best player on the Louisville team is Tutu Atwell. I mean, for a 5'9 wide receiver, he's not the, you know, the the go up and get it kind of guy like you see at Clemson, but, I mean, He's so explosive. It's, it's phenomenal to see what he can do. And, of course, he can be a threat on jet sweeps and kind of be used like a Rondell Moore at Purdue, who you know we debated about a little bit when we were discussing Boston College's schedule. So I'm a big fan of him. I don't know if you've ever heard of the YouTuber Harris Highlights. He does a lot of great stuff in college football realm. And he actually came out with his top 10 running backs and wide receivers. And Louisville had one of each uh, in in those uh, videos with Tutu Atwell, of course, at wide receiver, and Javion Hawkins at running back. Javion Hawkins has a lot of upside. I think that he could be a huge threat. And he's definitely great out of the backfield um, when it comes to with any kind of screen games. And you know, between him and Atwell, that's, that's two explosive players. And I really like your pick with uh, Des Fitzpatrick. You know, he might be the best true wide receiver on Louisville's team. And, of course, you know, maybe even top five in the ACC. Uh, so, you know, of course, that's definitely something to be excited about. But, you know, like I mentioned last year, that offensive line really, really hurt him. I mean, 11% of the time on what they considered standard downs, you know, they gave up a sack. So they were not doing so well protecting whoever it was under center, whether it be past uh, Conley or Cunningham. So, do you think Louisville is going to be able to kind of fix that? Of course, you know, they lost offensive tackle Mike um, which, you know, is obviously a huge loss. Uh, they have both their tackles actually not returning for 2020. So, how do you think Louisville is going to solve that offensive line?
1: Well, they do have um, their center and both of their guards um, returning. And I don't, I don't think it's really as bad as you make it out to be. I do think they are a still – maybe I'd say a mid-tier offensive line in the ACC, but um, I want to go into a little bit of their transfer portal because they actually got three guys from Georgia Military College, three JUCO transfers that might kind of solve their problem. Um, and one of them is Trevor Reed, who was the second-rated JUCO offensive tackle. And, um, you know, I think there's a very strong possibility, not sure on the right or the left, that he starts but there's a very strong possibility he starts. But, um, yeah, What are, what's your kind of feeling on that?
0: Um, I mean, I think the, the best option for them, you know, I think that being able to hit that transfer portal is definitely huge in, in everything going on. But, you know, it, it's the loss of spring ball obviously is going to hurt him big time, not really able to really see what those pieces are. But like you said, you know, it's definitely going to help that they have some experience and some talent coming from that transfer portal. So I'd like to think that good things are going to happen. They're going to be able to kind of improve. But when it comes to, you know, betting on improvements for the 2020 season, it's a lot harder to do that when we have no spring ball. And who knows how much of a, a fall camp we're really going to have. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, offensive linemen are probably not doing a lot of hitting drills at home. So just seeing how that offense is going to click. But You know when they have weapons like they do on the outside, and of course at quarterback, I think they'll be just fine. I don't think it's going to hold them back enough. But when it comes to you know the bigger games like Clemson and Notre Dame on their schedule, that's where we'll see how much that really shows. But defensively, you know, I wouldn't say Louisville had a terrible defense because they had some you know of course some bright spots. You know, but they also had those games where they went fifty-two to Miami, uh, forty-five to Kentucky, uh, thirty-nine to Boston College, fifty-nine to Wake. how are they going to correct you know or should I say limit their opponents to you know something a little bit more reasonable because I mean last year that Wake Forest game they (laughs) that defense was not trying to help that offense out at all thankfully of course the offense was able to you know just play out of its mind for that game but you know what are some of the key pieces on defense for Louisville that's going to hopefully improve that defense from 2019?
1: Yeah um so like you said the defense definitely struggled last year and um I do. I don't think it won't be. I don't think they'll be able to completely correct it next year. But I definitely think that it could be good enough. Like if they have a mediocre defense, I think their offensive weapons will be enough for them to get to that eight to nine win plateau. But um, the players I highlighted was that linebacking core for Louisville. Um, Dorian Etheridge, C.J. Avery, and Rajay Burns. Um, specifically Burns and Avery. Burns. You know, very good in pass rush and coverage and um, also a great punt returner, by the way. And then there's also C.J. Avery, who led the team in tackles last year. He has a ton of speed. And um, Etheridge, I didn't know much about, but I actually looked a little bit at the PFF grades and some of that. And I ended up putting him pretty high in my linebackers list. So, when I look at the Louisville defense, I definitely look at the linebackers. They do return 7 out of 11 Defensive players, I worry a little bit about their um their front, but what what are your kind of feelings on the defense?
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's all going to start from the linebacker position for them. You know, I again, like you said, I do worry a little bit about that defensive front. I also worry about depth. They didn't have a lot of guys that are coming back with a lot of playing time. And, of course, you know, losing spring ball and, you know, a, a shortened fall camp is obviously going to hurt – Uh, any team in that situation. But, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think this offense is good enough to kind of bail out the defense in situations where they might be in a shootout. It's just more of, I guess, kind of projecting how they're going to be able to compete with a Clemson or a Notre Dame uh, when it comes to being able to slow down those, you know, well-oiled machines on offense. You know, Ian Book and Trevor Lawrence are top quarterbacks in the country, so kind of dealing with that is kind of my concern there. But, again, I think it's enough to get them past – a majority of their schedule uh, with the offensive weapons they have to kind of bail them out. I do want to touch real quick on the kicking game. I'm a little concerned about the kicker. <laughs> if you didn't really know anything about him, he kind of came in. I, I hope I'm going to say his name correct here, but Ryan Chaffe Chaffee, Chaffee I, it's a good old French name. So I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but you know, he came in to kind of replace uh, an injured player. Uh, Again, another Blanton Creek. I believe I said that his, said his name correctly, and he went missed two of three of his field goals and missed three of twenty-five extra points. So, a little concerning there. But again, you know the offense is going to be enough to where it's not going to necessarily going to show. It's more in those close games what's going to kind of pull out from there. But kind of looking at you know, of course, twenty twenty. Let's touch on some of the recruiting, Dan. That's kind of more your cup of tea. Any recruits that kind of stand out to you or anything you just want to have a quick summary on the class uh, for Louisville going into 2020?
1: Yeah, so they had the 42nd ranked class, 7th in the ACC, so pretty solid. Um, Nothing to write home about, no four stars in there. Um, But yeah, like I said before, I kind of alluded to it. It's really the Juco guys that stand out to me. Um, Of course, I talked about Trevor Reed. There's also uh, Yaya Diaby. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um he was a third ranked JUCO defensive end and um Louisville also has an opening starting spot there. And then there's also Marvin Dallas, who is a outside linebacker. I doubt he will start, but that might provide the depth that um you kind of said they're lacking a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean Overall I think I think we're we're both pretty high on Louisville going into twenty twenty. You know, I think it's a good idea to kind of talk about the different options that Louisville's got going into 2020. Of course, their schedule is maybe not the the easiest, not the toughest in the country, of course, but you know, when you're playing against, you know, Kentucky, uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, you're not looking at the most easy schedule, their crossover. Um, on the Coastal side is pretty difficult with, you know, going, or excuse me, hosting Virginia Tech and heading to Charlottesville, of course, the defending Coastal champion. Uh, Dan, what are three or four really big games, in your opinion, that kind of stand out for the cards?
1: Yeah, so I think when it comes to Louisville schedule, I will have them actually winning eight games, and I think nine is a, a very big possibility and much more possible than seven. But um, I think pretty much – all these games with the exception of maybe Murray state is our um, ones to talk about. But the ones that stood out to me the most one was that um, cross division matchup uh, with Virginia tech. Um, I th- very excited for that one. I think I have that second in my um, ACC in conference games of the year, just to pit UNC. Um, and uh, the reason for that is that the Hokies have a, really great defense a really great secondary to kind of counter all those def- all those offensive weapons for Louisville um, they have linebackers that can stop the run and they have of course Caleb Farley and um, Jermaine Waller and Shamari Conner at corner to kind of counteract those wide receivers and um you know the Hokies there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game in my opinion um i think the Hokies were an elite red zone offense last year while the Louisville defense was terrible. So, um, yeah, Uh, the second game that I wrote down was the Kentucky game. Um, You could speak more to this. I have not – I don't think they've been in recent history that successful against Kentucky. Um, When we are looking at Kentucky last year, it's kind of hard to base things off of their offense because, you know, they had – a wide receiver as their wildcat quarterback taking a vast majority of the snaps, and now they their offense should probably improve with Terry Wilson, Joey Gatewood. so um they may put up points, but um that might be another offensive fest because Louisville shouldn't have a tough time scoring either with their weapons. And then finally, um Notre Dame, I don't think they will win this one, but it is winnable, but um, you know, Notre Dame often beats. ACC teams based off of turnovers and play in the trenches um the reason I have Notre Dame winning that game is because you know they were fourth in the turnover margin last year even adjusted to luck and um they also return all five members of a really good offensive line so um what are your kind of feelings at first glance at the Louisville schedule
0: yeah, I think the most important game, you know, like I said, for, for Louisville, this schedule's not too easy. Not too hard, though. It's kind of that challenging, you know, it will push Louisville. You know, they're going to have to fight in a few few games. But I think the most important game has got to be that, you know, Commonwealth uh, clash that they have within state rival Kentucky. Like you kind of mentioned, you know, it, it's been fairly one-sided the last four years, Kentucky winning three of the last four. I think the biggest thing to kind of point out though is those scores you know of course last year was 45 to 13 and then uh you know the year before that kentucky won 52 to 10 i believe of course that was during the, the downward spiral of louisville football so that team had of course kind of checked out the year before that louisville did win 44 17 they did you know kind of give them a little bit of a kick back in that sense but again you know if you really want to if Scott Satterfield and the Louisville fan base really wants to be excited for 2021 and to really, you know, genuinely be, you know, considered nationally relevant again, they're going to have to beat their rival. Um, I mean, Kentucky, of course, has done a fantastic job under Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops, right? Mike? Mark? Mike? Mark? I don't know. Either way, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But, you know, Coach Stoops over at Kentucky's done a great job with, you know, getting those guys, you know, up to a level where, you know, they won the Citrus Bowl two years ago course last year, you know, Peter Jean's heck in the belt pole with, like you said, a wide receiver, a quarterback. So they've done a great job. You know, second most important game for me is actually going to be going to Charlottesville. That game's a little bit of a trap game, if you ask me. I know you and I kind of talked about it previously. We think it's gonna be one of the tougher games for the cards. I think that's a huge game because I think if Louisville can find a way to win that game, you know, they're looking at a potential nine to ten game, ten win season, which of course, for the Cards is going to be huge in helping with recruiting, but also just like I said, getting that fan base fully committed because when Louisville is excited about football and that fan base is rocking, Papa Joe, formerly Papa John's, now just Cardinal Stadium is always rocking. So I think that's a really big one. And then you touched on it for the last one, of course, that Virginia Tech game. They haven't played uh, since, you know, they've been a member of the ACC. so That's going to be a huge one. Of course, Virginia Tech's got to go to Louisville. Again, Halloween weekend. I believe it's actually on Halloween. Uh, it's kind of a tough little pickle there for, for Virginia Tech. Is the week before they play on a Thursday night against uh, good old Boston College who loves to give Virginia Tech headaches for whatever reason. And, of course, the following week, it's a Friday night matchup in Pittsburgh. So, you know, the Hokies kind of have a little bit of a, a perfect kind of storm of a sandwich where a team with a headache and, of course, the team that's going to matter for the coastal race the following week and, I'll have a little bit of a short week going into that pit game. But, you know, again, that Louisville schedule is not too tough and not overly, you know, easy at the same point. But, you know, is there any games on the, on the schedule for you, Dan, that kind of just makes you go, you know, Louisville should win this game, but just my gut feeling is making me a little bit uncomfortable?
1: Um, I think it's actually that Virginia game that you talked about. Um, I don't um, – you know, like I said, I don't think they're um, – Worst team, I just think it's a bad matchup. I talked about the Virginia Tech linebacker core and the secondary. I think Virginia has, you know, their Virginia linebacker cores could be even better, and I think that's how they win this game. Um, you know, it's Snowden and Taylor on the edge, extremely speedy linebackers could rush the passer, kind of contain Mikhail Cunningham a little bit, and um, also. I haven't talked about him yet, but they're kind of H-back tight end kind of guy for Louisville. Marshawn Ford, he's going to be very dangerous for them. So I think um, Virginia does a nice job containing him with the kind of defensive players that they have. Um, as far as you know, some of the lower—I don't want to say lower-tier opponents—you know, Wake, NC State, Boston College. None of them really make me scratch my head. I think they match up well against them, but I'm curious to see what you think about it.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest biggest trap game, or PS game like, we, like you mentioned it perfectly, I think Louisville would be the better team, but in terms of just matchups and, again, history always plays a role in kind of how I feel about things, you know getting monkeys off your back. And no matter how good Virginia or Virginia Tech was, Virginia Tech always won for 15 straight years. So, you know, being able to kind of play into that kind of ideology, you know, that Louisville-Virginia game is going to be a tough one. Again, I think Louisville's the better team. I think they have more offensive weapons. But like you said, that defense is going to be able to combat Louisville very well. It's coming off of that big game against Virginia Tech. So, of course, it's going to factor in a little bit to a, you know, how tired are they going to be going to Charlottesville in the week after they play Wake Forest and what could be, in my opinion, de facto second place game in the, in the Atlantic. So, you know, it's going to be important for Louisville to kind of, you know, try to be fully focused. Charlottesville's not been a good spot for Louisville since they've gone um, to Charlottesville in terms of with the ACC. You know, they did win one time because they've been there, they're one and two, but that one time was with Lamar Jackson when they were a top five team and that Virginia team was not very good, and they still found a way to, you know. Of course, Louisville snuck out with a last-minute touchdown um, on, a, on a deep ball from Jackson to—I oh, can't remember who it was. May have been it may have been quick. I can't remember though to be was exact. It that grab
1: either or is that, I think a different year.
0: Yeah. It, it, well, the 100 grad. No, that was a different um, year. But this was the one where Virginia was up. You know, uh, they scored kind of last minute there. They were up. I think they were up five, with like a minute and 20 left, and then Louisville scored 15 seconds left. Um, Of course, the following week, Louisville went on to get destroyed by Houston, I believe, so it kind of was the start of the downward spiral. Of course, last time, Louisville headed to Charlottesville. um, That was the kind of the jumping point for Virginia, and the downward spiral for Louisville. That final score I was actually at that game was 28-3, I believe. You know, That was the game, of course, Bryce Perkins kind of got a highlight real play, hurdling the man from Louisville. And of course, you know, kind of like I said, that was when, you know, Louisville actually went to that game, I believe, as a one point underdog. And of course, you know, we saw all those seasons kind of went from there. Virginia going on to win the Belk Bowl and Louisville going on to go two and ten. So that's gonna be a huge game. I think another one I wanna talk about real quick is just that NC State game to open the season. NC State's been here in all year, especially Dave Dorn, you know. Hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, you know, you gotta win now, you gotta win now. Nothing's better than a Thursday night game when there's been total chaos in this entire country. So you know, that could be one of those games where, again, I think Louisville should win that game. But it wouldn't shock me if NC State came out and, and threw some haymakers and, and kind of caught Louisville off guard a little bit, especially with Louisville assumingly looking ahead to Clemson the following week. But with that being said, Dan, I kind of want to hear you said – I think you said you had them in an 8-9 to nine win range. You know, obviously you mentioned you thought you had them losing to Notre Dame. But what do you have as their final record and where are those losses coming from?
1: Yeah, so I have 8-4. Um, The losses, of course, first going to – Clemson, I don't think I, I don't. I mean, they could challenge them. Um, I think I alluded to this a couple episodes ago. That PFF article that said, you know, Louisville is one of those offenses that could really challenge Clemson, and um, you know, get into the Justin Ross injury a little bit. But I think Clemson is just more well-rounded, and um, you know, they they did very well with explosive plays last year, explosive runs with ETN especially and um you know Louisville not did not exactly um defend those well last year um the second loss of the season i talked about or i i'm sorry the second loss yeah i talked about this virginia tech um i think the linebackers you know kind of make the difference in that one and um same thing with the virginia game i talked about that one you know not not the worst team but just a bad matchup and um, finally, their fourth loss will be the Notre Dame game. Um, but, I mean, are you kind of agreeing with me? I think, what'd you say, nine and three? So, which game that I had them winning, or which game that I have them losing, do you have them winning?
0: Yeah, so I think nine and three, like I said, is, is kind of where I see them at. You know, I I think that that one uh, difference in terms of games there, I think they do meet Virginia Tech. Um, I like their weapons a little bit more offensively. I also think just the home field advantage. You know, Louisville is one of those underrated places. People really don't talk about the advantage you get. You know, of course, there's a lot of, you know, if you read Phil Steele's magazine, he likes to give plus points for teams, you know, when they're playing at home. Of course, you know, that could vary with whether or not we have fans in the building or not. But Louisville gets a plus four from Phil Steele every time. Um, so I think in a matchup where it's really, really close, I want to favor the cards on that one. That's kind of why I also have the cards losing to Virginia the following week is because they're going to have that big win against Virginia Tech and then kind of have that little hangover game against Virginia. But I think there's a lot of opportunities for them to be anywhere from 10-2 and to, to 7-5. and uh, I, f- of course, favor a little bit of the higher record. If that game, that Louisville-Clemson game was at Louisville, or if it was week one instead of week two, I might lean Louisville. (laughs) But then again, at the same point, you know, one of Louisville's biggest weaknesses last year was stopping the run. Uh, 18% (laughs) of of all rushing snaps teams had uh, against, uh, against Louisville broke out for 10 yards or more. And of course, I think Travis Etienne is the best running back in the country. So maybe without Justin Ross, he'll be just okay against, <laughs> just fine against that Louisville defense. But, you know, that's kind of where I'm sitting with it. I think Louisville does finish as the second best team in the Atlantic. Um, that Kentucky game does concern me a little bit, but with it being at home, I think it's going to be enough to kind of wake those guys up. And they'll kind of have a little bit of fuel to the fire, of course, with that month being a pretty tough, you know, October 31st, Virginia attack, November 7th against Virginia. Um, and, of course, Notre Dame on November 21st uh, with Wake Forest on the 14th. So you really have four very talented top-of-the-level ACC teams and, of course, Notre Dame for it. So, um, you know, Louisville's got one of those things where, like I said, there could be they could be a broad, broad range of everything, but I like them a lot. But it'll be interesting to see if Satterfield can kind of con- uh, continue that success. Excuse me. Words are hard, guys. But, you know, just being able to really enjoy – you know, what Louisville's going to have on the field. I'm definitely – they're one of the – probably two or three teams in the AC I'm really, really excited to see because, you know, I want to think they're going to improve from last year. But we just don't know.
1: Yep. Um. So, you brought up an interesting point before we got on. Um. You said that, you know, you said Louisville probably shouldn't take that Western Kentucky team lately. You're more into the group of five and, you know, that – the um conference usa than I am but um yes I know Western Kentucky has given them trouble in the past I believe and they returned a lot of a defense that was good last year but um what are your what's your kind of reasoning on that game and do you do you think it's a really a legitimate chance that Louisville gets shocked?
0: Yeah so there there are two pieces. Again I don't I don't think Louisville loses this game but a reason they kind of, you know, potentially get slept on. It's just, of course, you know, the week before they played Murray State. So they'll probably sleepwalk through that one. Um, of course, the week before the Murray State game was the Clemson game. But last year, Western Kentucky and Louisville opened the season in Nashville and what was supposed to be a, a home game per se for Western Kentucky. And of course, you know, that game didn't end super well. Or Sorry, they didn't open the season. It was actually the third game of the season. Um it didn't end super well for the Hilltoppers, of course, losing 38-21. to 21. Washington, Kentucky did open the season last year losing to Central Arkansas, but still finding a way to go 9-4, and 6-2, and two, and, of course, winning the uh, first responders bowl against Western Michigan. But I think the biggest thing with Western Kentucky is I think they're the top team in the Conference USA East. So it's one of those things where, you know, Conference USA and the ACC, thanks Miami, has not always been uh, a matchup that I kind of look forward to. So that's kind of where I think, again, I think there's a little bit of concern there. They have a fantastic running back named Gage Walker, fantastic kid, really, you know, really stood out last year, um, actually was tops in the Conference USA um, in terms of running uh, offense. Uh, excuse me, in terms of rushing yards. So again, a huge piece there. They are bringing back nine out of 11 starters on defense with a couple of other guys with significant playing time returning. So like we kind of talked about you know being able with, with Virginia Virginia Tech against Louisville being able to kind of compact you know strength against strength you know what did Louisville struggle with the most on defense last year good rushing teams what does western kentucky have a good running back and of course you know western kentucky has a lot of uh, defensive uh, starters returning and his experience on on both the front and in the secondary so being able to slow those weapons is possible again i don't think western kentucky wins this game but I wouldn't sleep on the Hilltoppers on, on September 26th. In Louisville.
1: yeah, that's a good point you bring up. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else they'd like to bring up on Louisville? Any more games that stand out to you? Um, yeah.
0: No, I mean, I think I think the biggest thing is, and I, I know we've touched on it. It's just you know, I, especially me. You know, I think this is this is a really big piece to the next step. For Louisville, of course, a huge step. There's no way they're going to be able to, of course, increase from you know six plus wins like they did last year, uh, from 20 to 18. But you know, can they kind of continue the success that they had? Of course, you know the Petrino era was really, really great. But of course, of course, the last year was awful. And you know, with Lamar Jackson, they still couldn't really get over the hump. I mean, that year that he was you know the Heisman winner, they still found a way to lose, at least four games. So it'll be interesting to see what Louisville kind of does there um, with all of that. But, you know, if they can con- kind of continue that success and build off of it, it will be, will be huge. I think that it could potentially hide a little bit with, you know, the amount of talent they have and with the lack of, you know, practice in the spring, it might be able to benefit, but it'll be nice to kind of see that Sadded Field actually has this program trending and it wasn't just, you know, a, a flash year in an ACC year where it was probably the worst the ACC has been in in a little while. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But like I said, I think Louisville could potentially be the second best team in the conference. I, I won't go that far, but they could be in that conversation going forward. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that plays out. And if Cunningham can have the year, you know, I know you're very high on them that we kind of talked about, then that's a team that might go on to <laughs> 10 wins or more.
1: Yeah. Um my final thoughts on Louisville, I think that um, – I don't really want to set any limits to them in terms of the future. Um, I know Satterfield did very well with them at App State, I think. What was his max wins? Did he get to 11 at some point, or did he just get to 10? Look that up
0: here. Uh, 11, I believe.
1: Yeah, so um,
0: – I believe they got to 11-2. and two.
1: Yeah, so obviously – it's very different playing in the ACC and an ACC that will be much better than the Sun Belt. But I don't want to limit things for Satterfield. Um, eight and four this year, but things in the future are looking bright to um, so maybe, you know, get to that nine and 10 win mark. Um, they'll have Cunningham for a couple more years. And, um, you know, obviously they play in a division with Clemson. So there's always that limitation. I don't think Clemson's going in anywhere anytime soon but I really think Louisville fans have a lot to look forward to in the future as I say for a lot of ACC teams.
0: Yeah and I gotta ask if you have them eight and four that means of course pending bowl game I'm not gonna ask you if you have them nine and four or eight and five because we haven't broken down potentially what our bowl matchups would be or anything like that we can kind of play around with that you know once we know there's a season of course but if Louisville goes eight and five again, is that a cause for concern in a way? Is that or is that just going to be kind of yeah, you know, they're not going to be able to be ten wins and then eleven wins and then twelve wins, of course, moving forward. You know, what if let's say you know you have them eight and four. Let's say one of those games that we mentioned, you know, gets flipped. Let's say they they lose that Virginia game, or excuse me, not lose the Virginia. You have them losing the Virginia and they lose, let's say, the NC State game or the Boston College game, and they're seven and five do you think that would be a cause for concern for Louisville fans? Or is it kind of more of a, you know, last year kind of happened, they jumped out, took advantage of a, a down conference too. So, especially early in the year, I think a lot of the teams were kind of sleeping on Louisville a little bit, kind of like, ah, this team was not very good. Of course, many people had them going 3-9, and 4-8 and eight in preseason expectations. But, you know, what's your kind of thoughts if, if that were to happen for the Cards this year?
1: No, I don't think that would be a cause for concern. I think, um, you know, if they win, they don't win eight games – and they drop like a, a really bad loss to like Western Kentucky or something, then that's, maybe you can consider they took, you know, a giant leap forward and then a step backwards. But I think, you know, nobody expected them to get to eight and four or nobody expected them to get to eight wins last year. I'm sorry. Seven and five in the regular season. But so I think, um, either way, I think their program is trending in the right direction. And, um, you know, even if they don't get to that 8-9 win, win mark and they only get to 7, I think um, I'm not giving up on the Louisville program. Like, I, I still think that they got a bright st- – I'm not giving up on Satterfield. I think they would have a bright future in him either way.
0: Fully agree there. Well, Danny, anything else before we we, we kind of go our separate ways?
1: No, I think I'm good. Um, What about you? You got anything more?
0: No, I'm excited next week to talk Miami. Uh, spoiler alert: They're going 10 and two. Their two losses are going to be to any conference USA team on the schedule. Uh, so UAB, that's a loss, and then Temple's not conference USA, but you mean of course Temple's going to revenge their uh, former coach. Get that you know revenge factor. You know, of course, undefeated record for Manny Diaz at Temple, so huge. You know, for them to kind of get that that that. Uh, I guess that would be the thanks for leaving us kind of gesture uh, in in. Uh, Miami, but uh, yeah, because I talk Miami next week. Dan, stay safe, take care, and hopefully next week we'll have some good news about college football, because the only news we got this week was, of course, Justin Ross going down.